Coming up, it's a new year, and there's something new and fresh in the atmosphere. Maybe it's the winds of change, or maybe it's atomized remains billions of people. It's Night of the Comet on that podcast stays up all night. funny thing is the atomized remains might well be the case (laughs) for a different reason if you if you if you edit this pod and then put it in a queue that could happen (laughs) (laughs) depending welcome to that podcast stays up all night where we were really more into galaga anyway i'm your handsome truck driver josh and with me are crack shot cody and Zomit Zombie Aura. Say hello, boys. Uh, Can I be Pot Shot Cody? Uh, I think you already are. <laughs> oh. I don't think I'm really... I'm, I'm, I'm not on the tier level that would be Crack Shot. I haven't put all my <laughs> EXP points in yet. But. You, have to, you have to move from Pot into... Uh, Will be the next level up, like Mastodon. Well, I put the I put the perks in for laser weapons, and now all I have is this seventy five rounds. And uh, this is a Fallout seventy six thing because who even plays that? God anymore? no. <laughs> I'm still just running New Vegas mods. Ooh, New Vegas easily the best of the fucking Bethesda. Era. Hell yeah! Another Josh and Cody agreements. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> or it doesn't play video games, you nerd. <laughs> we talked about Galaga and the thing a minute ago. I understood that reference. <laughs> That's why I put it in there, friend. <laughs> that podcast stays up all night is, of course, the only podcast in this post-apocalyptic waste with the stones to grapple with the mutant movies of USA Up All Night. For the uninformed, USA Up All Night was a show on the USA Network in the 80s and 90s that served as a mass grave for all the B-movie horror, boob comedies, and sex therapist thrillers Hollywood and Off Hollywood dumped on our unsuspecting world. This week, we're doing one of my favorites of the cheesy horror flicks in that lime pit, Night of the Comet. Aura, quick, give us the elevator pitch before these evil scientists kill us all! Do you really want me to do it quick, or do you just want me to read it normal speed? That It was a gimmick. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Night of the Comet is the story of two valley girls, a comet, a truck driver, and a zombie apocalypse. Boy, that that's like throwing darts at a... At a <laughs> like, what do we want our movie to be about? It sounds like an improv Valley prompt. girls? <laughs> truck driver? Zombie apocalypse. All right, Sorry, now go. we just need a scenario from somebody in the audience. Go ahead and shout out a scene. Ooh, ooh, ooh I got one, I got uh, one. What, what you got, sir? Comet. Uh, okay, on a comet. Whoa, <laughs> we're on no, a comet. No, not no, on the comet, during a comet. It's Uh-oh. not an improv bit, because they're not pretending they heard whatever they pre planned to do anyway. <laughs> God. Uh, it's also got arcade games, movie theaters, and malls, because 1984 turned out a bit different than Orwell thought it would. Just like a little bit, though. Not a lot bit. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> uh, the film isn't actually a canon film's release, although nothing in it will convince you that it isn't. Uh, it was directed by Tom Everhart, released the same year as his other first theatrical release, Soul Survivor. The older sister lead was played by Catherine Mary Stewart, fresh off her turn from as Biddy from The Apple, which I'm sure Aura recognized her from. Mm. Uh, as well as I that, did, or not. 
as well as a spot in The Last Starfighter that same year, and uh, previously an appearance in an up-all-night film called The Beach Girls, which I'm sure we'll get to sometime, which I'm guessing is real classy. Hmm. Uh, the Younger <laughs> Sisters, played by Kelly Maroney, who got her start on the soap Ryan's Hope, which I've never fucking heard of, before moving to features... <laughs> soap best. Ryan's Hope sounds like a porno. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Before she moved to features with Fast Times at Ridgemont High, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, Heather Langenkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street was originally approached for the younger sister role. Uh, Robert Beltran, who plays Hector, came to the movie from cannibal cult classic Eating Raul, uh, another up-all-night film, uh, which also featured cult movie royalty Mary Waranov, who appears as a doctor with a conscience. Um <laughs> She has a 123-item IMDb filmography, so I'm not really going to go over all the fucking movies that she's in, since half of them are going to be on the show eventually. <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe how many of these fucking movies Mary Waranov has been in. You is, might, Cody. Is that the main actress? Uh, that's the actress who's the scientist. Player. Oh, okay. Because the main actress I definitely like immediately recognized and looked it up, yeah. and it's like, oh, okay, she's been in everything. It's Mary Catherine Stewart. She's, yeah. been in, uh, she's been in a lot of things. Uh, this was very early in her career, but she's, mm-hmm. she, yeah, she bounced around a lot. So, uh, expectations, uh, what did we come into this film with? I know I, I probably, I think Orta got the impression this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I got that impression. This isn't, isn't really the case. It's one of my favorite <laughs> cheesy movies. It's a fun movie that I, I guess I'm, I'm jumping the gun on my review. It's the kind of thing that, you know, if I'm sick or I want to watch something fun and dumb, I will put on. Hmm, yeah, yeah, hmm. Well, would, you say, would you say you have viewed this movie less than ten times? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, that's surprising. I'll, I'll give that, all right. that's I mean, exactly what you're describing. Not a lot less than ten, but probably at like... I would, I would guess... It's like, well, because some of these were when I was a kid, so I don't remember when I was Fair, yeah, yeah. As an adult, I've probably viewed it like four or five times. And I probably saw it a couple times as a kid. You're a busy guy. That's fine. That's a good number. And one of those times was at a cult movie night. That makes sense. Like I, if I try to think about like how many times I've seen Evil Dead, it's probably like less than twenty, but it's probably yeah. a lot. I've probably seen The Room more than I've seen this. <laughs> God. Well, this movie's not bad. No, but expectations. Uh, what did you all? I had not seen this one previously. This one was a new one to me. I thought it was going to be more horror than comedy. Um, and I was really shocked when it, uh, va- like, uh, plot point, it vaporized all of the people, and <laughs> there was no takesies backsies. <laughs> like, in fact, to the point where it vaporizes even the main cast, spoiler alert. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, so I didn't have any real expectation. I knew that Josh liked it. I knew that it was kind of maybe a post-apocalyptic movie, but I wasn't sure to what, excuse me, degree. But when I put the Blu-ray in and I saw the menu going through a couple of short clips of it, I have seen enough Left Behind movies to know that most of the population was going to be gone. Oh. So, uh, it kind of feels like an adult, uh, Home Alone. You want to... You want to bury the lead there, too, by the way, Cody? (laughs) Uh, Left Behind movies? There you go, buddy. (laughs) Cody comes from a certain background. (laughs) I've seen uh, a couple of Left Behind movies myself. You also come from a certain background, though. (laughs) 
But I saw them as an adult. <laughs> That's the background I was yeah. referring to. <laughs> I did not. I saw those movies as an impressionable child. I will say, the first Left Behind movie with Kirk Cameron, not a, a, as Christian cinema goes, reasonably well made. Uh, did you see the uh, Nick Cage remake? I have not. I have a copy of it, but I haven't watched it. Oh, I haven't either. I don't. I don't think that's worth touching <laughs> with well, like a ten and a half foot pole. We'll have to watch it sometime. Oh god, the show is killing drunk. me slowly. <laughs> not for the show. Just get drunk and watch a stupid oh, Nick Cage movie. <laughs> or we could watch or Mandy again. I haven't seen Mandy yet. I really want to. Oh, hey, 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 great. Hey, hey. My, uh, my brother hey. got me a Cheddar Goblin hoodie for uh, for Christmas. Guys, 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 guys. We have the Patreon that's coming up. We can, <laughs> we'll have an excuse to watch these dumb movies. <laughs> Alright. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little that, bit about poster that, stuff, too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like to... Because we both... Or and I both have the Shout special edition of it, uh, which is a great edition. As that's a cool poster. Uh, well, this isn't the original poster. This is our... From the uh, that shout commissions out art for, uh, for its stuff. I really like the art they did for their version of the thing in particular. Uh, but this is the original poster, and honestly, I've always found oh, it kind wow. of boring. <laughs> uh, that's cool that's... for a different movie, I think. So yeah. that's kind of misleading. I feel like the new one does a much better job of like, I get the tone from this. I, this yeah, is different. We, can we describe the two so yeah. that so that uh, the radio audience can understand? So the shout, I mean, and I'd recommend googling this too. Uh, yeah. you should be able I'll to make them. I'll make them the like headers and the cover pictures. Cool. Uh, the shout version is a is a is a drawing uh, of the main characters from the film over this uh, apocalyptic wasteland uh, with the with the scrolling over the sky. We see the scrolling of the different uh, the initials uh, of the Tempest machine, which is a little fun. Yeah. MGK. Uh, I didn't notice that until you pointed that out just now. I didn't notice it until I was looking close at it right now. Oh, I saw, I noticed it, but <laughs> as I was putting the DVDs back in the case to bring back. <laughs> uh, the original one is a bunch of people looking up at the sky. They're in like shaded profile, except their eyes are all gleaming. Uh, and then there's they're over a night. Of, it says night of the comet, and then under it, about midway through it. Uh, below it, there's a star field, and then like a door opening, and a, a woman's profile. I'd guess. I think it's her leaving the movie Stewart. theater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks real sci-fi. Yeah, me, which isn't really this film. That. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That other, the original one, honestly makes me feel like it's kind of a. Uh, um, the. Oh shit! What's the Simon? The last Simon Pegg Cornetto trilogy one. Uh, World's Bar- End. The World's End. It's like, my favorite of that series. Yeah, that that World's movie's End great, movie. but that's what that poster reminds me of with the like eyes lit up. I get like why they're doing the new one. Feels like that kind of classic Big Trouble in Little China, Army of Darkness style of like painted heroic pose poster. Yeah. Yeah, that's what a lot of what Shout does is sort of in the. In the style of the painted posters that you used to get of things, which are really cool. Um, I wonder if they made this sort of, if they were trying to sell it as a sci-fi thing, because according to the Wikipedia stuff that I read about this during production, the director uh, had some disagreements with his producers, who he thinks were really more into making something of higher budget, instead of sort of a B-movie, which is what he was... 
according to the description there, very realistically asking for. He said, can you give me $700,000 and I'll make you a decent B picture? Can I... Real quickly, there is... Okay, so on the back of the thing, uh, the Shout Factory release, says all new audio commentary and interviews with stars uh, Kelly Maroney, Catherine Stewart, Mary Walnov, and special effects creator David Miller. How this actually shows up in this... Did you listen to any of the commentaries? I have not listened to the There are two separate commentaries where it's the stars talking and then it's the production people talking on a different one. And so... Uh, as I was watching this, I was sort of switching back and forth between the commentaries yeah. and listening, you know, to various things. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that came up. The, the you know, they're like, uh, you know, his explicit disagreements, including like, like certain action beats that happen in here were things that were of contention. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah. So I, w- I wonder if that's part of the like if that trickled into the marketing if the production people were like, no, we have to salvage this turn by... Like, I think that sort of happened with Fight Club where they had a, sure. a marketing campaign that was very focused on selling the idea of it as like a fighting movie. God. Which it was not. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's not It's not a boxing movie. Which is hilarious because that's what the video game for it is. It's like, hey, oh, remember, yeah. remember all the fighting in Fight Club? Go, that's all we remember. To be fair... To, to be, be fair... fair uh, what kind of video game could you make of Fight Club? <laughs> <laughs> now you can make a cool a like GTA type thing, <laughs> but then yeah, probably probably an underground boxing game. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you could just not make a video game of it because it doesn't lend itself. That's <laughs> very the, true. One of the things that shows up in the commentary, for instance, that I thought was interesting is the sky is tinted red for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was achieved by having a red filter like over half of the lens. Yes, very clearly it is. Yeah. <laughs> but they said, you know, it was a regret that the that the film guy had like by doing that because this became a huge pain in the ass and in mm. like a lot of these, uh, you know, tracking shots they have to do and things like this yes, uh, like later in had... the movie. You must have had to have been so fucking careful where you set the camera to not... Because you can't have people's faces in that area, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to just have the skyline, so... He must have had to be very fucking careful in setups for yeah, the they, years. There's a lot of the a lot of the production commentary talks about that. Um, one of the insights that I got from the production commentary uh, that I would not have noticed had, had it not been pointed out to me... Uh, but the very last scene, mm-hmm. the license plate. Did you catch oh, it? Yeah, is this DMK? Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why they chase after him. Yeah, because she's like, "Oh, it's that motherfucker." Yeah, that's the payoff. <laughs> In a way, the film is a shaggy dog joke. Yeah, like that's kind of the point of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'll I'll let you go ahead and explain it, and then and then I can go come back to that plot point in a second. But I w- I'm not necessarily sure I would have caught that because okay. that seemed like such a throwaway no, at the beginning. It is. It's it's interesting. We'll, yeah. we'll get to it maybe in the synopsis because yeah. we should maybe move on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's read my prepackaged yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, when we come back, it's a tale as old as time. A guy, a girl, a gross comet mutant hungry for their flesh. We have your synopsis. After the jump. How much does your dick hurt? Like on uh, a scale hey, of one to ten. Hey guys. Seven, not that high. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, millennial. Yes. How can we help you? I've been wondering, uh, what were Valley Girls? Ah, <laughs> uh, that brings me back. 
<clears throat> well, you see, Cody, valley girls were a stereotype of women we had back in the 1980s. But why are they called valley girls? Uh, I believe that is in reference to the San Fernando Valley region of L.A., uh, where middle-class suburban teenage girls develop their own slang, accent, and set of cultural touch points, mainly revolving around mall culture. Of course, there was also the movie Valley Girl, an early Nicolas Cage comedy. What were the Valley Girls like? Well, slang was an important part of the stereotype. Phrases like, gag me with a spoon. Barf me out. Talk to the hand. Grody to the max. Just this weird cavalcade of slang words. Oh gosh, Josh, you remember the clothing? How did they dress? Uh, mostly like in the movie, like workout wear, gaudy colors, leggings with fluffy skirts. Oh, and this cheerleader thing that was heavily associated with Valley Girls. Again, like in this movie. Hmm. Don't forget the boy band trends in teen magazines like Tiger Beat. So basically, Valley Girls are just an outdated, meaningless, hollow cultural archetype. Yeah, you got it. Just like the apathetic genetic slacker. I will set you on fire, though. We're back under a blood-red sky. Or at least a red gel over the top half of the lens sky. In any case, here's Cody with the synopsis. Alright, after a rare comet sightings, teen sisters Regina and Samantha find out that they are the only survivors of a zombie attack. Not really. More like a, uh... Here's Cody with the synopsis by somebody else. <laughs> Here's Cody with the broad strokes made even broader and incorrect. Okay, so, uh... They believe themselves to be the only survivors for a minute. I wouldn't say that it even sets up... Okay. So there's a comet coming by the earth. Right? <laughs> Regina is your average movie theater employee. Yep who is very upset that somebody else has sc scored the high score on the Tempest machine yep. at the theater. At the vi video, she doesn't want to walk the theater because the people will throw things at her, having sex in the projection booth. It's all very, very typical movie theater employee type uh, relatings. Wait a minute, things. wait a minute. <laughs> Josh, as a former movie theater projectionist... <laughs> Are you asking if I've had sex in the projection booth? Obviously. Thank oh. you. Oh, all right then. And by the time I worked at the movie theater, there was no more th such things as projectionists because it was all digital. So uh -huh. I have not had sex in a movie theater booth. I, uh... Yet. <laughs> I was concessions, and for the obvious reasons, never had sex on the concessions counter. <laughs> what are the obvious reasons? <laughs> I don't understand. Infections? Uh, <laughs> health code and violations? Were, you were a concessions guy, right, Josh? Were you actually concessions, Cody? Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean... Then you've seen those floors. Yes. <laughs> and the counters, and the floor behind the counter. Yeah. And how you feel after a day standing popping corn with that fucking canola oil atomizing and covering you head to toe. We had yeah. to wear long sleeve, like, shirts all the time, too. Oh, bow tie? Uh, no, uh, Windsor knot. Just, oh. like, long tie. Oh, I had a bow tie I had to wear. California was short sleeves, but you had to wear a vest... Ooh. And a bow tie. Though it was like a fake bow tie. Yeah, I can't believe we had yeah, a mine tie. Was a fake like, bow tie too, my tie definitely would like lean forward and dip into like everything. Yeah. It was a gross tie. It was just well, like it was your I, splash. That guard. was why they were probably bow ties for <laughs> other I, chains. I know. Yeah. Never understood why people would want you to wear a tie at a food service place. Like that's right. Ugh. Or so, long sleeve black shirts. Can I can I real quickly like so let me draw you guys a picture real fast of Aura in this though. <laughs> like so 
So I've had these broad shoulders that I have now since I was like 16 years old. <laughs> and I'm sitting here with this bow tie, occasionally a short sleeve shirt, most of the time a long sleeve shirt. But basically this bow tie made me look like Matilla Gorilla. <laughs> like, I've seen pictures of you when you were young and the idea of you wearing a bow tie is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was, it's pretty much, and yeah. I, and I imagine you looking very sullen. <laughs> All of the time. <laughs> like I said, I've seen pictures of yeah. you when you were that age. Yeah. Also, anyway. <laughs> why I was not having any sex in any projection and <laughs> I was a pretty sullen teenager myself. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so there's a sister who's the movie theater employee, which I instantly relate to. Yeah, uh, um, me as well. <laughs> and there's the other sister, the younger sister, who is a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not relate to. Did not. Uh, might have might have chucked one out to when I was younger, but didn't. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez. <didn't> relate. <laughs> Um, Is that what you were doing at the projection booth? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so this comet is passing by, and everybody's going to be out to watch the comet, but they're, <laughs> but the younger sister is, like, grounded, and the older sister has to work. Mm-hmm. She has to wait for a print to arrive. But what she really wants, yeah, she really wants to hang out with her, like, maybe on-again, off-again flame. Yeah. And she wants her younger wants sister to, to lie for her and say so that she, she's doing a class thing. So she can catch Dick. Yep. Um, and she does catch Dick, so... Even though she's told not to. Achieving (laughs) objectives. Catching Dick saves her life, though. Yes, as it turns out, uh, unlike the comic thing we did last week, having sex saved your life in this instance, because (laughs) the comet passes too close to the Earth and turns everyone into dust, somehow. Except for some people who instead become zombies. (laughs) And the other people who were... Hidden behind whatever ramshackle slight protection thing. Because some people are in fully barricaded steel sheds. And other people are just in the back of a truck bed. Yep. So (laughs) Some people are fine while they sleep in a fucking truck. And other people are in underground research facilities. (laughs) And are are not doing so great. Yep. So Um, it's it's really a lottery on whether you're going to make it in this universe or not. But uh, an interesting lottery, though, because yeah. like you know, you're dust or a zombie <laughs> or alive. Yeah, you got three choices. That's not bad. I'll take my chances. <laughs> Regina wakes up to this brave new world of red sky filters and dust, and uh, <laughs> encounters what she initially thinks is a homeless guy, but turns out to be a zombie. Goes to find there, her sister. <laughs> there are red cells everywhere I look. Yeah. <laughs> um. Looks like there's a gobo over everything. Um, <laughs> so she goes back to her home. Her sister has survived as well from sleeping in a in a shed overnight. I guess. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> they, they really gloss over that one in the movie too. Yeah. They, they don't talk about it much. Uh, and they decide to. Do they go shopping first? Uh, so I believe after the radio. first they, yeah, they, they go to the radio station cause they're trying to just locate yeah. any other survivors. Yeah. And the radio is, is broadcasting. So they're like, oh, well people must be there, but they get there and it's automated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom Wolf, the, the guy, you know, like has, has set up, uh, all of his pre bit, he's pre-recorded bits. <laughs> oh, you're saying rock and Ricky's not still on the air. <laughs> yeah. Simulacrum and simulacra. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do meet uh, a dude named Hector, who's a truck driver, who uh, who turns up, 
at this point also rolling through town with this girl i made love with in the back of my truck last night he made love in the back of his chevy truck and that's all right with him (laughs) um he had the same idea though and then and then that girl turned into a zombie and i killed her (laughs) definitely after the comet thing happened turned into a zombie (laughs) yeah (laughs) hector shows up and he has already (laughs) murdered once and he is not afraid to do it again yep uh and you know it's pretty obvious right away that he and the older sister are going to be love interests um at this point the movie devolves into uh fun 80s montages on what you would do when you know you're completely alone in the world or at least you think is they send out a radio message yeah and uh which is intercepted by scientists from this underground base bunker scientists the most dangerous breed including mary waranoff who have this like fascinating like conversation about whether or not they should go get survivors actually <laughs> yep. like Which sort of sort of couched in this weird 80s movie is this like well if you survive the zombie apocalypse should you seek out other survivors <laughs> or should you just stay safe you know well, i want to capitalize on that because i think that is actually an interesting conversation yeah. because what you learn later recontextualizes yeah what mm-hmm. they're saying and why people are taking the positions they are yep. it's a surprisingly interesting conversation for really a, a very throwaway film <laughs> right should we go up and save the survivors or should we pull the lever and let the trolley car run them all over <laughs> <laughs> so uh the sisters decide to go to the mall yeah, uh, do a bunch of shopping, but the mall is run by zombie guys. It, it, the 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 mall <laughs> is run rapists. by lazy Italian American stereotypes who steal their guns and leather jacket their way yeah. into the corner. We should so, point out, although it doesn't really matter a lot for the plot, the sisters are both really good with guns because their dad's in the military. Ah, is that why? Yeah, I think I missed. It. It's not like a plot point. Uh, special forces. I think yeah. I missed that. I was just like. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. You know, you have free reign of your stores, and there's zombie people. Might not, might as well get guns. Yeah, but they're actually good at using them. <laughs> they don't ever fire guns at zombies in this movie. No. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a traditional... Like a lot of zombie movie tropes were still a bit unformed at this point, mm. I'd say, because it was really the late 90s that... There's only, like, four zombie zombies movie. in the whole movie that you even really yeah. see. But you're actually early 2000s, wouldn't it? Yeah, because right yeah. around the time the Dawn of the Dead remake came out was really the renaissance. And, uh, Dawn of the Dead and then Sean and then like Zombieland was definitely later. <laughs> uh, <coughs> yeah, there were others. There were zombie movies that were coming out as a trickle. And this isn't really... It's it's sort of a zombie movie, but it's not a zombie movie in the classical sense. Yeah. Which we'll discuss whenever we do an actual zombie movie. <laughs> I think of this more as like... I have a lot of thoughts on what Sci-fi natural disaster. <laughs> I almost <laughs> like I almost had in one of the, the thing in the production things about like the different zombie stuff uh, as a thing. So yeah, well, it's a complicated issue, and we'll talk about it when we're talking about a movie that it's more relevant because <laughs> I think we can all pretty easily agree this isn't really much of a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. It just has a few zombies in it. Yeah. Well, um, and some of them are like talking zombies. Yeah, I was I was a I was surprised that they kept referring to them as zombies. So, you know, like yeah. like cuz I also did not think of them as zombies necessarily. That's why I say mutant sometime in the notes on this. Sure. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, they get into a predicament with the Italian Dracula zombies <laughs> who are real rapey. Yeah. I'm going to say. They don't succeed at raping, but they're very clearly going to rape the women. Uh, and then I believe the scientists come in and save them. Yeah. Uh, and they get taken to the science base. Where are their nefarious plans are revealed. Yep. Uh, they take the... Like, the older sister is, is staying with them for a while, and they send the younger sister back out, I believe. Um, to go find... Isn't that? To go find Hector? I wasn't able to rewatch it for this. No, so they the, the little sister is asleep, and they tell the older sister that they had to kill her because she was going to be turned into a zombie. And I believe they had the plans of doing that, but Hector knew that they had both been, like, taken... Because he goes back to... They split from Hector after beefing about, like, dating boys and, and this and that and sort of thing. And oh, would you make it with a person? Of course I'd make it with a person or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so right. so Hector's off. Hector is the one who comes to rescue the little sister. And so they're just lying to the... Uh, they're lying to Reggie to make her more... Uh, can, or, more pliable. Yeah, more more agreeable to the situation that they have her in. Because they do believe that the sister has been, and there there's evidence it should be said that the sister yeah. wasn't fully shielded and was starting to go zombie. The, the yeah, uh, there's a weird plot point that the sister has rashes all of the time, and so yeah. the uh, she keeps saying it's because of allergies, but yeah. they're like, no, that's a symptom. Yeah, the science and, people don't believe that she has a history of rashes, but the movie weirdly makes sure to set up that she has a history of rashes. Yeah. But it's, there's, I, I felt when I was watching it, I wasn't sure whether she was a zombie or not. Yeah. It, it did a fair yeah. job of... It was enough of a good, like, red herring for it. I agree. It was just a weird, yeah. Like you, yeah, no, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was agreeing with your... <laughs> Emphatic, but, yeah. But the other thing that we don't know It was initially, like a little John, yeah. <laughs> yeah! The, the other thing we didn't know initially is that the scientists, are they know all of this because they are also degenerating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're trying to synthesize a cure from the from the the blood of people that are not yeah. yet or something. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> like, like she's not immune. She just didn't. She was just in a movie theater. I feel like I feel like well, uh, epidemic it, it, movies. It's kind of like uh, time travel things where it's like just don't like think about it too hard. Like, well, here's our loose premise for it, but like. Yeah. If you pull on this thread, the whole sweater is going to come undone. Wasn't, That's wasn't definitely the, idea, the thread. Wasn't the idea that they were like sucking all the blood out of them and then transfusing the blood into yeah. the into That's the right. Yeah, because they make a comment about how that. much more blood you can get out of like a child than an adult. And that's why there's the other Oof. two kids that they have that they're going to. So the premise s- is that it's a bloodborne thing that's causing the, the, the mutant virus. Yeah. It still just seems a little weird, that's all. Agree. Yeah. Um, but they all find out about it, and they have a big uh, big shoot-up and punch-up, and Mary Warrenov has second thoughts about it and helps them escape. <laughs> uh, and then at the very end, they've formed their little post-nuclear family. We get another tease of the younger sister being a zombie because she has the glasses on, which is... We see zombies that are somewhat sentient wear dark glasses to hide their fucked up eyes in the mall. Uh, but then she takes the glasses off and she's fine. Uh, and the little sister is like fretting that there are like totally no guys for her to get up get up with in the in the the, the new world. And then a dude pulls up in a fucking sports car. The the switcheroo at the uh, 
at the at the base camp was the like I didn't uh, when when the uh, was it the little sister they assumed was dead or the big sister one of them was supposed yeah, to be little dead. little sister little sister yeah because they get cause they had the injection thing yeah Mary Warnoff swapped swapped out the yeah I was like holy was crap like I was shocked <laughs> like that was a legitimate <laughs> like the the movie got me on that one I was like whoa. <laughs> Yeah, so the, this guy pulls up, and the uh, little sister's like, well, there's nobody else in the world, so I guess. I guess I catch this dick, or I catch nothing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then as they drive off, we see that his initials are DMK, which pays off the fucking, uh, the Tempest machine thing, because that was the initials of the person that, yeah. the, the older sister, Regina, uh, it ruined Regina's. We should say she had a perfect record of all of the, the top spots with her initials. But uh, then DMK came along like a jerk and, and took one of the spots. <laughs> so she's a bit irate. She's like, oh my god, it's that DMK dick. But it wasn't even the top slot. It was like number six. It was number, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. And, was, she, and in the course of yeah. the movie, she rewrites over it. Yes. <laughs> and the fact that he's in a car with the initials DMK doesn't remotely mean that he's DMK since, you know... You can take any car you want at this point. You know what DMK stands for? Don't mean nothing. <laughs> also, she overwrites it with one game, with it, which if she's as something that That's, points out, that was that uh, was something that irritated the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> but but let's not pick at the threads in the the <laughs> movie because as we've established, there's a lot of little details that aren't perfect. But I a perfect I detail, intend- however, is the use of girls just want to have fun during a shopping spree. <laughs> God, I love Cindy Lauper so much. Why was why would Madonna get more famous? It should have been fucking Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Alternate universe where everybody's red dust. <laughs> so, uh, some discussions. Yep. So for the discussion, I thought we could talk about eightiesness, because that's the thing that we're going to see in some of these pictures. Uh, in this movie, you get the Tempest game cabinet. You get movie theater culture, you get malls, you get valley girls, you get sublimated nuclear fears. Yeah. Uh, the movie's just dripping with 80s cultural signifiers. Uh, how do these elements add to the story? Uh, do they make <coughs> the film feel dated at all? Uh, how do they stack up to stuff like Kung Fury that tries to evoke what I would call a hyper hypermediated version well, of that decade? Uh, let me pause, actually. Um, well, you ruined the joke I was going to throw. No, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, no the I joke can't. is, are you going to talk? So you, you oh, literally ruined the joke. <laughs> you ruined it. By having things it. to say. Oh, no, never mind. Uh, no, say your things. I d- wow. <laughs> say it. Look, was look so here, good? millennial bitch. Yeah. You're going to have to shut Come up on, for a Gen minute. Xer. What was so much funnier that you fucking have to say? Dick. It's not funny. Um, I, I had a legitimate cultural critique. Okay. Um, since since our Stranger Day shows are never going to hit the air, um, <laughs> one of the things that me and you had talked about quite a bit during the the Stranger Days run was uh, like Stranger Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> stranger These Stranger things. Days are yours and mine. <laughs> right. Stranger Days. You're mixing it up with the movie Stranger Days, which yeah. I know you enjoy. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, stra- uh, strange things, sorry. Stranger <laughs> things. Whatever. God, you sound like my parents. <laughs> hey, Cody, have you, you watched the new Stranger Days yet? Literally. I, uh, they sing the... They you sing, got me all fucked up! <laughs> they sing the song from the ending story. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. Oh. 
sorry. I had to do that. Nah, you have your own cultural critiques now. I'm done. Aura, <laughs> <laughs> you have the talking stick now. No, I don't want it. I don't want to talk. Aura, you showed weakness. You know are, we have are, to pounce. Are, are either of you going to talk? Um, <laughs> 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 We've been talking. <laughs> We've been mocking you. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm killing it by pretending I don't know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, you don't know what I'm talking about. Good. Um. <laughs> wait, wait, I got another one. Hello, I am President Jimmy Carter. Are we, t- <laughs> Are we still throwing out free bits? I think that's it. I think. Uh, All right. I think we got it. Now. Did you cover it, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, it's covered. All right. For the good. Moment. All right. Back to it then. You had a cultural critique, Aura. I did. It's so better. I can't bitter better. You won't let me fucking bitter better. You won't let me. <laughs> Sons of bitches! Alright, you take about 10% off the top there, Aura. <laughs> See, that's funny, because while watching, we determined that Aura is definitely squirrely dead. It's true. Alright, so... <laughs> while we were watching... Stranger Things... <laughs> the television show... On the, on the internet... The... <laughs> the... The thing that uh, we, we uh, that that I you know we we talked a little bit about was like it was the '80s people want to remember, not the '80s that actually existed. Uh-huh. I yeah. think this movie is a little bit the '80s that actually existed. Yeah, mm. like a lot of things that were made in the that '80s, contemporarily. Yeah. yeah, right. But but it's not like you know we don't you know have. Reese's Pieces show up just to make sure, like, we know it's the 80s, yeah. you know? It, like, would, it would be like a, a, a Mrs. Pac-Man machine or a Galaga or something more, like, notable than Tempest yeah. if it was made, like, now. Exactly. And so I... Does it make it feel dated? I think, it, you know, in some ways it time machines it, or uh, time... Uh, uh, time capsules. Time capsules it. Yeah. Um... I would, I would agree. Like, I think that it's not... And I think it holds up fairly well. Like, I don't think there's anything in it that's incomprehensible if you don't have a background in what that kind of culture would be. Mm. But it's but it's definitely a period piece in an interesting way. I did at one point have to look up whether I was dealing with an 80s or a 90s movie. Like, because some of that stuff a little bit runs together for me because I was a kid I, when, you know. I know. Uh, I had to check date on it, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't. <laughs> Stop it, <laughs> Cody. <laughs> as yes. as the as the person born after this movie was made, did, like what did you think? <laughs> right? uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, honestly, the comparison in my head after like the whole movie was over was I was like, this isn't this. It definitely wasn't like a bad or like the medium to bad that a lot of these movies are. I would definitely call this like a like a good movie. In my head, I compared it to, like, I really love Real Genius as, like, an 80s just comedy. And in my head, I was like, this feels very similar in the same sense of, like, there's nothing that's, like, overtly scary about this movie. But it is that kind of Jimmy Neutron, uh, there's no parents, like, we can do whatever we want a little bit. That Home Alone freedom feels, like, goofy and fun. In like that uh, that same sort of way, yeah, it does. I, I guess that is another '80s trope, isn't it? The sort of the parents are gone, and yeah. we're going to have fun. Now we can do all the things that we want to do, like wear sequined hats. 
nowadays when there's a parents are gone thing, it's it's a horror story. <laughs> yeah. it, there's a series on Netflix. It's actually a pretty good series called The Society about the premise of all these kids who are hmm. these teenagers who go out on this field trip and come back to find their entire town abandoned and they can't get to the outside world. Well, it's, I mean, it's fairly it's played as fairly serious and horrific. Well, I guess there's a couple ways you can go. I mean, because uh, there's also that Star Trek episode where. You know, they, they murder people after 30 or whatever. But, uh, you know, Lord of the Flies. Was there a Star Trek episode, or are you yeah. thinking of Logan's Run? No, uh, but Logan's Run also. <laughs> uh, no, they, it was a there was this planet where you get to a certain age. And That's they, right. You know, yeah. so, so it's all kids when they show up, and they're like, where are your parents? And, and like, you know, Dr. McCoy gets kicked in the shin, you know? Um, or maybe it was Spock, I guess. I don't remember. One one of the uptight <laughs> Starfleet people gets kicked in the shin, and it, it's actually a real funny scene. But, um, but yeah, Logan's Run has the same premise. You know, you, you hit 30 and you go into the thing. Uh, Lord of the Carousel. Flies, though, would be another, you know, example of, well, the parents are gone. Here, let's, let's, let's do it this way. Right? Uh, this this doesn't aim at Lord of the Flies so much. No. And the thing is, a lot of these sound like, a lot of those are like the 70s is a more serious premise of like, yeah. mm-hmm. how would you handle the situation? Whereas this is, uh, what I'd compare it to, I think your comparison to Home Alone was kind of apt in some ways. Like, it's, it's sort of goofier. Yeah. Like, there's not, I will say <gasps> as a horror movie, one complaint that you could have about this is I don't know that there's... Co- always much of a sense of danger. Yeah, there's there's plenty of times where they're just, like, sitting on a cop car in the middle of an empty intersection, like, in broad daylight. Like, they don't have <laughs> overall fear. Like I said, the zombies seem to be far and few between. It seems like oh. like a 5% population got turned and everybody else just disappeared. Fun production note about that, by the way, where they're sitting in, like, the, the, the things in the middle. Of, like, they shot those between lights, so oh, like, wow. Yeah. So Oof. every every couple of Jesus. seconds cut, you get one of those things where they're just like sitting in this empty intersection. Like like they could block off only so much of the street they said for 700,000. Yeah, they're not going to block much off. Yeah. <laughs> God. And so and so they're blocking off but they're doing it between lights. Like wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's some that's some high pressure. Yeah. Like they extend the duration of the lights, or you have like about ninety seconds to get your scene and get out. That's kind of it, yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you think about it, most of the cuts where they do that, like they're sitting in the thing. I mean, it's only a few seconds. They're just like, True. you know, sitting on a cop car, kicking around dust or something. You know, like yeah. And a ninety-second cut is. I mean, you'd have to be really careful, but you don't get that as much these days because there's always it's so much easier with digital it's so much easier to shoot tons but mm. well, that, like old cheap films that were hard to make like that you had those that was one of the things I was wondering was I was like did they, digi- they well they couldn't digitally edit out the cars so how did they how did they fucking do this right and they, they said yeah we blocked off some of the street but most of it is just you know between lights we had to get our scene and get in get out <laughs> It must have been real. I remember thinking that last time I watched this, which I think was at the Cult Night, yeah. like which was several years ago. Um, I definitely remember. We all talked about how because we were living in LA at the time, we were like, "How did they get all of these like exterior and establishing a deserted LA?" Because that's not what LA looks like. No, yeah. LA has people fucking all over the place. And and uh, some of the they also said that some of the other ones are like three and four in the morning, like when the sun was sort of, well, uh, four and five in the morning rather when the sun is coming up, but before traffic hits. Mm. 
So there was a lot of shots done at that time, too. Yeah. That um, makes sense. But because the red filter, you couldn't tell what time it was in the various shots a lot of the time, so. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you, what do you think about it in comparison to, like, often how the 80s is evoked? I, I mentioned Kung Fury, but also stuff like Turbo Kid. I mean, yeah, um, you can definitely tell in things like that that it's it's more a uh, a hyperbolic version of the '80s. Even even yeah. Stranger Things, like I know enough about just movie history that I know like things like Evil Dead were not box office hits, and no real child would have like a poster for it on his bedroom wall and stuff those like kids that. Parents let them watch any fucking listen or, to any fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I get or, Renona Ryder's a busy single mom or whatever, but she lets her kid listen to like The Clash and all this shit. And like, they're like science teacher cool. encouraging the, the children to watch like The Thing and referencing it and stuff like that. Uh, I, I I know that that is uh, <laughs> is sort of the Hollywood glamorization of the past, and, and this, this one felt the fact that Finn Wolfhard is like thirty now, <laughs> yeah, and twenty feet tall. That dude will <laughs> still be able to play. Like I I can already see that that guy's career is going to be him continuing to play like sixteen to eighteen for the next like ten years. He's getting too tall. He can't Seth Green it. <laughs> Seth Green was a teenager for fucking ever. Like, he'd still probably get cast as a teenager. I was about to say, yeah, the uh, Scotty and <laughs> fucking Austin Powers. <laughs> like, that's definitely a full-grown man. But he... Scotty he, doesn't know. He lived a lot of those uh, those roles because he was short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he could he could easily slide into them. But Finn Wolfhard is a tall motherfucker. This, at this, uh, point, this movie also kind of touches on that like a little bit. Like I don't know if I necessarily believe like the two main girls are in high school. If she yeah, says something no. about how like her mom <laughs> needs to let her do things because she's eighteen, I was like, You've definitely filed for taxes. They're clearly in their twenties. I mean Yeah. It, it just is the fact. I, you know, a lot of the times they do that in films, I think, just because you know, regulations around underage actors are very stringent mm-hmm. in terms of like when you can shoot with them and what you have to provide on set. Yeah. So you know, a seven hundred thousand dollar movie doesn't want to pay for a fucking tutor. <laughs> you, yeah, right. You need that money. Yeah, that's so a good point. you're not going to cast an actual like sixteen year old. It doesn't like distract from the plot though. Like the other girl no. definitely seems like she's younger and they look similar enough that you're like sure. I believe that in this movie where a comet turns everybody to dust that these two people are related. And... Yeah. And it makes it less creepy that they're hooking up with with, uh, with Hector. And that yeah. the older sister is. Mm-hmm. Although she would be 18 and therefore, you know, it wouldn't be illegal or anything. Right. It would be real fucking skeevy. And, it's, and they set up that she's already hooking up with, like, a kind of shitty dude. So yeah. Hector being, like, a, the... The White Knight, by comparison, is also like, oh yeah, of course, it's a good thing in this apocalypse, so everybody has found their heteronormative pair up. Well, they, they, I mean, they tried to make him, like, seem yeah. relatable too by like, I need to go check on my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's vaguely Hispanic, which for its era is a bit more progressive. Yeah. Although in L.A., that was just reality. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. We've had the smart time on our show, and that must mean it's time for the dumb fun part. Aura hey. leads us through some airheaded games after the jump. Teehee. Boy, it sure is exciting that the comet is coming. I bet we get super cool powers. 
No way. My cult leaders, Poe and Lala, say the comet is a UFO that's going to pick us up and take us all to heaven. You guys do know that comets pass harmlessly through our atmosphere every day, right? And miracles happen every day, too. Doi. Yeah. Hey, Cody, why are we wearing these cheerleader uniforms again? Blood good, blood good, blood good, blood good. What the fuck is that? I don't know. Uh, So, what superpowers do you think you're going to get? Gosh, I think flying would be really cool. Uh, No, wait, mind reading. Oh, but also telekinesis? Uh, No, 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 pyrokinesis. Uh, You guys here for the alternate dimension opening that the comet's going to bring us? Guys, seriously, there's nothing bad that is going to happen. Oh, oh, there it is. We are back from break. Aura, quit playing games with my heart and just eat the goddamn thing already, you zombie bastard. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, Let's take a spin of that big wheel, Cody, and see what comes up during our fun and games section where we have all kinds of great time. Uh, tick, 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 wheel, 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 tick, 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 wheel, wheel, wheel. What the hell did you do to the board? It was indecisive this week. Not the board, the wheel. It's a board. See, the board is a separate thing. The ticking, the ticking is the board, the wheel is the wheel. God. Well, it landed on a trivia game this time. Zombie, or I'm sorry, comet or asteroid. It was supposed to be fast zombie or slow zombie. <laughs> That's what happened there. Uh, no, uh, comet or asteroid, guys. So let's talk about the distinction between comets and asteroids here and see what you guys know. Okay. <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a comet. Even if it has a comet kind of shape. If it doesn't Wait, have a tail, it's not on, a comet. If it doesn't on. have a tail, it's not a comet. It's an asteroid. <laughs> oh, so Game over. No. <laughs> oh, damn it. I don't think that's right. <laughs> Uh, the answer could be comets, asteroid, or both. Okay. All right? Yeah, okay. Which one has ice? Um, it would be a comet, I believe. I'm going to say both. Okay. A comet is the correct answer. I am wrong. <laughs> hmm. uh, which one's orbit? Whoops. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, orbits! <laughs> God. Orbit's gum. Did I uh, I'm sick. Why am I doing this? Okay, so... <laughs> uh, We're all sick in the head, Aura. <laughs> which one or ones has a orbit that is uh, stable and fairly circular? Um, That would be an asteroid, I believe. Mm, comets, asteroids, or both. Uh... Mm, has an orbit that is stable and fairly circular uh asteroid you both are right asteroid okay makes me want to go play the video game asteroids right now you guys know that right like i'm i'm (laughs) twitching here uh which have crashed into earth comets no i think it'd be asteroids i don't know if any comets have ever crashed into the earth hmm yeah. I don't know. Isn't this the... Is this, I'm going to say this is the trick question and it's a meteorite. 
<laughs> I didn't look up meteorites. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> <laughs> I think meteorite is when an asteroid crashes into the Earth. Uh, both is the answer. Uh, oh. Comets actually are a lot of the water that we have on Earth. Which would have been a question I should have asked. Um, <laughs> so, uh, how about one more? Which one is bigger? Asteroid. I think asteroid, but they vary in size. Yeah, a, a uh, comet usually only goes up to six miles. An asteroid can be up to 350 miles. Ooh. So... 300. Much bigger. All right, let's take another spin of that wheel, Cody, and see what comes up. Oh, I'm Vanna White, and I'm spinning the wheel. Oh, I'm Vanna White. I'm Vanna White, and I'm spinning the wheel. Oh, oh my and gosh. it landed. <laughs> we don't need to get into your fantasy. <laughs> That's weird that it landed on Genre Swap. <laughs> Genre Swap is the game we always play every episode. It's where we uh, do the same movie, but with a different genre. Uh, I usually pick first, so I'll go ahead and pick Josh first this week. And Josh, yours is, um, you know what, we were talking about procedurals a while ago. Let's go with procedural. You want me to do this as a procedural? Yep. Alright, um. He's hating me right now. That's He's I'm, busy hating me, which is why he can't think of a genre. Busy trying to order food, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to pay attention to this game. Um, <laughs> Cody... How about Night of the Comet as a David Lynch movie? Okay. Oh, shit. This will be good and easy. Not like, not nice and easy, but like, right. enjoyable. Easy, <laughs> easy like Sunday morning? <laughs> like a Chicago song. Uh, okay, so I'm picking Aura, and uh, I am going to say, Aura, you are adapting Night of the Comet into the light novel version of the comic book of Night of the Comet. Oh, he's not even going to know what a light novel is. <laughs> That's correct. I don't. Go on. <laughs> like a, like a, it's, so somebody has already adapted it once. Okay. So I'm going to pretend like it's a pretty close adaptation. Right. But then the light novel is just the... Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Got it. Like the book version of that thing. Sold. <laughs> so you have to do a, a twice removed watered down version of oh this is happening time. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right josh you had enough time to think about it or are you still uh ordering still, pizza uh, still ordering food all right well that's a uh, uh, david lynch yeah uh, david lynch movie uh okay so uh easy pick number one black and white boom boom <laughs> uh easy pick number two open on a starry sky that pans for like slow credits and then eventually uh, pans down and it's somebody's like bedroom ceiling that looks like all of the little dots at oh, night. The stars. And it's and it's like Reggie. The, yeah. Yeah, the cool glow in the dark stars. It's like Ooh. a slow fade into those and then it pans down from the ceiling into Reggie who's like tossing and turning in her bed and, and what's she dreaming of? It's it's her destroying asteroids, but in the like video game way. What the fuck? That and it, that's an obvious miss in this movie. Why didn't they do that? It's it's uh, flashing back and forth, and she has this like video game paranoia of the like she plays asteroids so much, 
and everybody else is excited about the comet thing, and she's one of those like I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay home. Uh, sister <gasps> is sister is dead. Oh. Uh, she is the one who goes to the shed to avoid the rest of the party in like an antisocial way. Is the sister's body though this very intricate prop? It is that uh, they'll never be able to explain. <laughs> yeah, there's it's the sister is in a pile. That's like outside, yeah. And the way that it's it's definitely more traumatizing, where the people turn more into like mannequins that are like blowing away, dust oh, in the wind, like. Yeah. So uh, the rest of the movie is mostly black silent as she just wanders around this like black and white world of like crumbling society, and oh. almost a, a castaway I am legend type scenario. Oh man, can there be flashbacks that are also fading away while it's happening? Yeah. Yes. Her, it's like as she sees somebody that is fading away, <laughs> she has a memory of them that then also fades away. It, it cuts back and forth uh, with her remembering previous life as she like walks through this like Dante's Inferno like hellscape of like the world she used to know, and there's no good ending. It just like she walks away into the sunset, Dante's the black and white sunset. Dante's Inferno. I like that. <laughs> All right, so the light novel version. <laughs> All right, Here. so let oh. me—I'll do mine before you if you want a little more time. I have no idea what I, I'm doing. So uh, uh, a good way to think of it in the American context would be sort of light novels are like mass market paperback versions right. that, that are written often originally as a uh, as a, as a novelization of like anime it's, properties, it's okay. manga I'll, properties, I'll, but sometimes I'll, with original I'll properties. spit some words out and that'll be great. Think like light mass market paperbacks. Right. Like P- Peter readers. Jackson's King Kong, the movie, the book. But more T-named. <laughs> All right. And Night of the Comet. So here I am, uh, and... Uh, I have one you could read. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, <laughs> so so the, the the opening of this, of this uh, comic book version of this light novel... Uh, starts with the zap. It's zap in big letters, right? Zap, you know, and then and then uh, some some questions like, what happened? Where is everybody? What's going on? Right? And 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 then her sort of running down the uh, the the abandoned cityscape, mm-hmm. right? The abandoned cityscape, and as she's running down, it's. Uh, have you guys? Do you guys remember that Arby's commercial uh, where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Where is You're everybody?" You're just saying words. <laughs> where did everybody go? Where is it? And then they're like, "Oh, we're all at Arby's having a sandwich." Um, it's like that, except without the sandwich stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, I, have, I have to check the text to make sure it wasn't from work. <laughs> So, so it's that without the sandwich stuff, and then, and then she, this is where she meets Hector, right? Uh, who is who is the burly, muscular uh, truck driver, right? And this is where the cover of the novel comes from, which is a hairless Hector, or uh, I'm sorry, shirtless Hector, <laughs> not a hairless. You might be hairless. It's just a light novel. It's yeah. hairless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neck, yeah. neck down alopecia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and he's you know he's he's just ripped, and she's just like she's yeah, just like not if it's in the <laughs> She's like, where is everybody? And he's like, I've been driving around and I don't know either. Let's try and figure this out, you know. And and in trying to figure it out, 
They fall in love. The end. <laughs> That's all I got since I don't know what genre I'm dealing in here. <laughs> it That's... was it was a nice and entirely inappropriate attempt. <laughs> <laughs> like almost completely wrong. <laughs> um I got the, the the novel cover right though, right? No. No, you're That's thinking like a romance novel. Yeah, like a Harlequin or like a uh, paperback novel. Think like, a, think like an anime cover. Oh. Like shirtless hairless dudes. Oh, well, okay, so <laughs> real thin. So in this Reggie's a dude. <laughs> okay. And it's and But it's, it's the same thing. It still works, right? And Hector They fall in love. In the end. Are there, are there a lot of Yahweh like novels? I don't even know. <laughs> that that's that's what I'm dealing in now, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll Take me away, Josh. We'll say yes so you can stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is really on me, Josh. I blame myself. I don't, the second you said it, I was like, Cody, why didn't you give that to oh, me? I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, because you had already or been is, given one. Or is not a real weeb. <laughs> well, I didn't think no. like, I was using light novel in the more, like I said, colloquial, just like yes. movie... The, I, I wanted one step removed. I, I don't know if people use it like that, but when me and Aura were growing up, we did not talk. Nobody knew what the fuck a light novel was. Right. Back in the days when Akira was fucking underground. Um, I was In my head, I was definitely thinking more just like a Walmart paperback <laughs> movie adaptation, the novelization. Okay. Yeah, so I had shirtless Hector. So we had flaws. See, he's still not getting it, which is even more hilarious and old manish. <laughs> it's okay, Mister Magoo. We love you still. <laughs> if you want to make it like a movie adaptation novel from the eighties, you just have uh, ET want to fuck the guy's mom. <laughs> that happened what, in the eighties too. That's in the ET. Uh, people not read the ET novelization. <laughs> ET wants to fuck Elliot's mom. He talks about it in the book. Look it up. Uh, by um, the way, he talks about it. Well, he doesn't talk about yeah. it. His internal monologue about yeah. it. Um, E.T. give you call? You thought the finger was just healing, huh? Oh, no. That's how this started, too. E.T. E. invents the Hitachi wand. <laughs> E.T. make you phone home. Um... That was weird and creepy. Was that a light novel? Was that? (laughs) Uh, No, that was a very heavy novel. Uh, So, for the procedural, uh, a lot of the zombies have survived, right? Like, they're starting to form. Like, they reach a certain point where they stop degenerating. And they're just left as zombies. So they start to form their own society. Ooh, their own society. And uh, they start to, you know, rebuilding society, they start to look into what happened during this transitional period. And they uh, they have to hunt down, they, they have a couple of detectives that have to hunt down these serial murderers who are going around killing all of them, who are the, the last uh, non-zombie people. Uh-huh. Uh, and, it's, and it's, of course, the, the protagonists of Night of the, Night of the Combat. Mm. Oh, so it's, it's from the zombie perspective. Yeah. These oh. are their I'm, stories. I'm dun, ripping, dun, 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 dun. I'm ripping <laughs> off the end of uh, I Am Legend, but I honestly think that would be a cool show. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty close to a show that we have maybe in the works. <laughs> I mean, entry point 115. All right, I got it. <laughs> oh, 
want one more want one more spin? Yeah, let's let's do it. Uh sure. Um I'm a celebrity host of a different show that spins a wheel. I can't think of it. Wheel, 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 tick, the, tick, 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 tick. The, the, the wheel. Just the wheel. You're Dak Shepard. Oh yeah. I think we've made that joke. There's other people. No, we certainly have made that. There, there's only so <laughs> Oh, many. God. I'm, I'm uh, Dak Shepard, and I'm already running away with this metaphor because now I'm married to... Uh, what's her name? Uh, I just planked on. How about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Drew Carey uh, from Price is Right. They got a wheel on that show, too. Is there a wheel? There is a wheel. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm Drew Carey. Do you want to be Drew Carey or Dak Shepard? I was actually in... Do you know that Drew Carey movie, Geppetto, or My Son Pinocchio? No. Oh, really? Have you, do you know anything about this? Uh, it's a hilariously terrible movie about Pinocchio from the story of Geppetto's perspective no. that Drew Carey did as a TV movie, and they give him shit about it on Who's Line. Anyway, there was a play adaptation, and I was Geppetto, and my younger brother was Pinocchio, and there are pictures, so I'll share that with you guys sometime. Wow. That's real fun. Anyway. This is the second time you've made reference to incriminating pictures on this pod? I make, I mean, that's like on, an, on a weekly basis. <laughs> I hate the internet. Now my entity will exist for forever, long after I'm dead. Yep. Really was best to be Gen X. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, the wheel landed on that category that you were thinking of. Ghouls just want to have fun. <laughs> so what, what I imagine in my head here is... Uh, Redubs of teen, uh, 80s teen idol songs put to a zombie apocalypse twist. Mm-hmm. So I, I came up with a... Well, I just did a search for, like, 80s yeah, could, teen idol songs. I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, these aren't songs that fucking Aura's gonna think of. <laughs> no. Uh, so, uh, if you guys have any as well that are not on this list, but, uh, give, give, uh, give the, give the 80s teen idol a, uh, a uh, a zombie apocalypse twist. I uh, I I thought of mine immediately. <laughs> I have a couple. All right. Uh, one on the list and one not. Yeah. Uh, the one that's not on the list would be the 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 Duran Duran classic, Hungry Like a Comet Zombie. Oh, <laughs> uh, plus two. Uh, mine is a eighty the most eighties thing, which is an eighties cover of a fifties thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's I think I'm a ghoul now. I think oh. I'm a ghoul now. Oh, there that's... doesn't seem to be oh, anyone plus, around. Plus three, because now we have to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna get any points for this one. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the the mall zombies specifically uh-huh. singing "I Like a Version." <laughs> oh, plus one. Well, hey, we'll give you the one. So, so we're at a tie score now, Cody. Can you break the tie? Because they're rapists. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, Mm, you're so dusty. You probably think this song is about you. Oh no, nah, not Damn. recent. Yeah. Oh, none of these are recent. What do you mean <laughs> recent? Or not? Not eighties. Not eighties. You're so vain. Ni- yeah, that's a nineties song. No, it's not. You're so vain, isn't it? No. Oh, here you're we so go. You're so vain is maybe challenging. Like a, all huh? right, all right. Here you go. You're so vain, Carly. Simon. I thought it was the seventies. Yeah, oh, was I was it? about to say. I think this is a seventies song. Oh, all right, all right. You know what? Nineteen seventy-two. See, I'm still wrong. Challenge. Do Do you have another one? Um, I'm sure I can come up with one. Well, Cody wins the challenge, so I I will let Cody have the crown this week. He wins the the ghouls just want to have fun challenge. What about we built this city on red film rolls? <laughs> mm. 
The unsafety dance by Men Without Brains. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Uh, now they're cu- now the like the floodgates have been opened. Uh, <laughs> what's another song that plays in a roller rink? Um, <laughs> uh, there's that classic Asia song, "The Meat of the Moment." God. <laughs> 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 See, that one was a cheap because me and my ex used to do a. A contest where we'd come up with short songs with heat in the title and just put me to it instead. Yeah. The Tears for Fears song, Everybody Wants to Be Completely Alone in the World. <laughs> Every oh. survivor wants to be alone in the world. Oh no, that's sad. You made it sad, Cody. Or the other Tears couple. for Fears songs, shout, open parentheses, but no one will hear you because everybody's gone. <laughs> <laughs> <Close> parentheses. <laughs> Or the other Tears for Fear song, Head Over Heels, because I tripped on your clothing and dust pile. <laughs> oh. Oh. The other 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 Tears for Fear song, Mad World, open parentheses, in which comments have been <laughs> close parentheses. <laughs> if, I, if I ever do this again, I'll just make sure it's a Tears for Fears theme. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've had enough fun in games. Let's uh, let's let's make uh, make another jump happen. What do you say, Josh? Uh, I say that we don't do another jump or <laughs> yeah. nothing. Just kidding. Instead, we get into the where are they now ratings and trivia. That's right. Let's do that. <laughs> so uh, can, I, can I get a continuation, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tom Eberhardt, the director, continued to work sporadically as a director and writer until two thousand and eight. Uh, he doesn't seem to have died or anything. He just yeah, he has, he has one anything. project listed in development, but he hasn't had anything actually made, I guess. Uh, other notable projects include a writing credit on the surprisingly B-movie-tastic Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's interesting. Which, uh, you'll remember, was also co-written by Stuart Gordon. <laughs> and yeah. Megan, uh, what's his name from uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night? How did those guys... What, like, for? Did Those guys had, like, blackmail on somebody, right, then? I have no idea. I think it must have started life as a real low-budget project, and like somewhere got enough of a star attached, like Rick, with Rick Moranis, I guess. Yeah. That it started to be like, let's let's make this for real, though. Uh, anyway, he also made the Sherlock Holmes comedy <coughs> without a clue, uh, in which uh, Sherlock Holmes is being played by a dumb actor, and it's actually Watson solving all the crimes. Hmm. Uh, he made an episode of the uber 80s to 90s transition show, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh my god. Uh, and he also made Captain Ron, which was one of my favorite movies when I was 14 years old. Me too! <laughs> uh, he also made a movie in 2008 called Rats with a Z, uh, which is about tween girls who wish for boyfriends which, and, and then find that a couple of rats are transformed into hunky dudes, but they still act like rats. And if you think I didn't immediately try and find that on DVD when I saw the synopsis, you don't know me. Uh, for the record, everyone wants like 35 bucks for it, which, come on. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, the rats thing, how did she tell the difference? Because aren't dudes just kind of ratsy anyway, right? Oh, oh, I see what you did. I, yeah. I want to let it let it fall flat. Forget let it. it. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck I'm, both. I'm sorry, Aura. You seem to have dropped your '80s fucking open mic night joke. Um, <laughs> but can I get a what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What? It, what about all men? But they're pigs. See, men drive like this. <laughs> <laughs> but ladies drive like this. Do, do, do. 
Uh, Catherine Mary Stewart has seven IMDb. It was, it was era appropriate. <laughs> Fuck you both. Catherine Mary Stewart uh, has 70 IMDb acting credits uh, in addition to The Apple, as we mentioned. Uh, the what? They range The Apple. Uh, ranging from soap opera to horror and exploitation film to Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. I know, there's some things in here that Aura's going to be into. Uh, she also voiced <laughs> Moira for Red Dead Redemption 2, which I don't know if that's a major character or anything. That was the only piece of trivia that I was bringing to the table tonight. So Sorry, buddy. Nope, it's all good. I saw it was in the script. Uh, I was like, someone beat me to it. I know nothing. Uh, she also appeared in the canon film documentary Electric Boogaloo and was winsome and charming, as always, because she's a really... We didn't, we didn't mention it, but this film has some pretty solid performances, and I think particularly hers. She's yeah. a good actress, and I enjoyed her. Yeah. And Mary Warrenoff, who's always a fucking treat. Uh, Kelly Moroney, uh, the younger sister, returned to soaps for a brief stint on One Life to Live, uh, and also appeared in a number of mostly B-films, including the up-all-night film Shopping Mall. Uh, in 2020, she's slated to appear in the Lovecraft adaptation, The Deep Ones. Mm. Uh, Robert Beltran, who played Hector, did you recognize him, Laura? I did not, and now I do. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Beltran went on to a career mostly in television, most notably playing Commander Chakotay on Star Trek Voyager. If Aura hasn't already mentioned this a dozen times by now, he just found this out, and that sound is him wetting himself. That is correct. <laughs> I uh, now that you've said it, I see it. I I, I would not have placed it though. I wouldn't have either until I started going through all of these things and I was like, "Holy shit, that was Chakotay!" Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> and I even knew his name, so when you said it earlier, it didn't click. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just for some reason. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm not gonna go over Mary Warrenov's filmography. Uh. You're going to hear her name again. She's in dozens of these fucking movies that we're doing. She's in stuff like Rock and Roll High School and Rock and Roll High School Forever. So we'll, we'll be getting her more. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> All right, Aura, now you can give us our, our cash or whatever the fuck Blowing we're Blowing the it. cash. Uh, that Podcast Stays Up All Night is a proud presentation of That Podcast Productions. You can find all our podcasts, blogs, and assorted nonsense at thatpodcastproductions.fireside.fm. You can also find us on Facebook at uh, That Podcast Stays Up All Night Slumber Party, on Instagram uh, at uh, thatpodcastproductions.instagram.com. You can also find us on Twitter at thatpodcastproductions, or the actual at is thatpodcast... I don't remember. Isn't it at that productions or something like that? That's what it is. It's at that productions. But uh, well, we're getting closer every week. We <laughs> really need to put these in the template. Yep, <laughs> it's that productions. That is correct. If podcatchers are your thing, you can find us at that podcast productions on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. Or you can just add the RSS feed from our website. Remember to subscribe and review and email us your comments at that.podcast.productions at gmail.com. Logo by Abigail. Yeah. If you if you see our new logo on the website, maybe by now, maybe not is that, yet. Is that up yet? I don't, I don't even know. Nope. We do have a great new logo. Uh, coming up in two weeks, we have been neglectful on our sex therapy sessions. So we'll be fixing that with the help of Pamela Anderson with Snapdragon. <laughs> 
Plus a hearty heaping of Orientalism. Yay! Yay! We had enough of that shit on this show already. <laughs> no. God. I don't think it stops, Josh. I, th- I think as as our as our six year project here, uh, sorry, sixteen year project will. Uh, the math was off. The sixteen year project. We're gonna have a lot of that upcoming. God. But you know, for today, that about does it for that podcast. Stays up all night. Until next time, keep your telescopes pointed up and your bomb shelters clear of debris. Yeah. <laughs> We're out. That's the...